Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. We were, we were in a writing session about a month ago. And uh, one of my brothers, his name is Brandon Lake. Yeah. Uh, God, gave him, God gave him this song. And we all just kind of sat around me him. Nate and Tony, and uh, he just started it like this. He said, mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. Now I believe it, cause now I can see that wonders are still what you do. are still being raised. sharp end give it give it going a little bit oh don't worry wasn't that good you excited you feel faith rising this morning I do I do I see and feel faith rising I want to talk about faith this morning this uh, is continuing the series that I've been running on God is on the move I believe God is on the move I believe I'm seeing God moving in the lives of the church the people around me the family the the world I believe even through things like this coronavirus God is on the move is on the move is on the move God works all things together for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose God uses troubles to bring blessing but if you want 
to see it like that, you need faith. You need faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Wow, my gosh. Imagining being able to see what is invisible. Faith is the key that unlocks the power of God in our lives. Faith is the key that unlocks the presence of God in our lives. Faith is the key that brings healing, that brings miracles. Faith is the key to the kingdom of God. And when God is moving, and I believe he is, he's moving, I've said in two ways I see, he's moving in faith and in love. These two things count, the Bible says. Faith expressing itself through love. So I want... And I'm believing that through faith, through strengthening faith, exercising our faith, we're going to move in a certain direction. We're going to move towards the Messiah. And as we express that faith through love, we're going to move towards the mission. That is God's move in our hearts through faith and through love. And it's exciting. So we're talking about faith today. It's a key. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But it can be very difficult to understand in this day and age what faith is and how we can hold on to the faith that the Bible talks about. You know, don't know about you, but I've heard this phrase a lot in the news that when something is being organized that, 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 that people of all faiths and no faith are welcome. And it's a good phrase. I like it. Understand what, it, what, what is going on there, that we're trying to show and whatever is happening that, that everybody's welcome. And that's good. And we want that because there's so much division and, and anger and, and violence sometimes in different faiths and people expressing their faith in different ways other than love. So, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. When I hear that, I think, yeah, that I get it, but I also feel a little bit discouraged because I think, well, if it's just all faiths and no faith and does my faith matter? Is it important? Is it significant? Does it matter what I really believe? And I can feel a little bit discouraged. And, and there's a strong sense often, I don't know if you feel it, I'm sure you do, that actually doesn't really matter what faith you have. If faith is okay for you, that's great. And whatever faith you like, just go for it. And in fact, if you have no faith, that's absolutely fine too, so long as we all get on. And it's a quite an attractive argument. But it's not true. Faith matters. And believing the right things and doing the right things in response to faith is the game changer. It is critical. It is significant. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what it means to have Christian faith. I'm going to do my best anyway. Are you with me? Can you help me here, actually? 
Um, I was going to hand these out, but taking the lead from uh, the new approach, I do have a handout to support this. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to come out and pick up one of these brightly colored sheets, if it's OK. Thank you very much indeed. If you want to scribble and have a pen, you can just take one of them too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just, Kate, can you just um, make sure the cursor's available on the slides? I think it needs to be. That's it. I hope. Going down. Uh, have an anointing for this thing. <laughs> Yay! Was that you or me? me. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Wonderful. Thank you, everybody. We'll come to that in a little minute. Um, faith, I think, also has two aspects to it. Faith is about believing the right thing and doing the right thing. Faith is not universal. Faith is um, different for different faiths, different for different people, different maybe for people in this room. And I uh, want to just try and summarize the, what I believe and what I believe the Bible says about what are the core foundations of the Christian faith. And when we ask people to believe, to come forward and become a Christian, I believe in that we're asking them to believe these things. And if, like me, you grew up not believing these things, being unsure if God existed. And I really did. I, I was not confident that there was a God. I wasn't brought up to believe that. I was brought up to believe there might be. I was not brought up to believe in the Bible particularly. And I, I wasn't brought up to believe that creation was made by God. But I believe these things are fundamental. When I did become a Christian at the age of 20, in my mind, I had to start to believe something that I hadn't, that there was a God in heaven. Thanks, Jody. Come on. It's my granddaughter. Bless her heart. I had to believe that God existed. And, and maybe that seems obvious, but for many people coming to faith for the first time following Jesus, they have not believed that God exists. Most people in this country do not believe that there is a God that exists. So when we ask people to follow Jesus, this is a big step. It was a big step for me. This was, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a step of faith, believing that God existed. And by faith, the Bible says, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible or of what was visible. This does not mean you need to reject science. This does not mean you need to reject evolution. You don't, you don't need to. They can work entirely in 
compatibility. You may decide to, but you don't need to. As a Christian, you're believing why and who. Science may well tell you how, as far as it can. You don't need to not believe in science. And maybe that's not a question for anybody, but for others it is, it's a challenge. But we can believe, and I do believe, that the universe was formed at God's command. I think that is absolutely fundamental to be able to follow Jesus. That at the beginning of all things, God created the heavens and the earth. That before anything was, God existed and was. And creation was formed out of God's word. I believe that. How that then came to pass, we're, we're still working out, aren't we? The second thing that I think is fundamental to the Christian faith, and many and most faiths, uh, I'm sure Islam agrees with us on the first point, there's one God who created things. But this is unique to the Christian faith. And this is how the Apostle Paul clarifies it beautifully in 1 Corinthians, in the early days of the church. He writes this, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. And he's talking about the gospel in this. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that appeared to Peter and then to the twelve and then to many others. This is what the Christian believes. That God, the Son of God, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven. That's it. That is the gospel. Death was defeated. It's no small thing to believe that the God who created the universe came out of eternity into his created world and died but could not be contained by death. The curse that was on every single person, and nobody will argue with this, that you're going to die one day. He came to solve that problem. Is there any other bigger problem in the world that you can think about right now that is as great as that? I don't think so, but God solved this one. He dealt with the problem of death, and he offers us eternity with him forever when he comes back. And that's the third thing that we need to believe, that when the disciples who'd lived and breathed Jesus, seen him resurrected, seen him raised again, and at first they were completely surprised by this, they started to see, oh my gosh, this is what it means. And in the first book of Acts, it talks about this, and, the, and it describes the moment, the last time that disciples saw Jesus, that Jesus was seen on earth physically. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. They're probably angels, that's the assumption, the inference. It's great when you don't have to Say, well, by, by the way, they were angels, and people go, oh, these are angels. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. Jesus has been, he's dealt with sin, defeated death, and he's 
coming back again to complete the job. That is what the Christian believes. I believe that if you are struggling to understand on some days what is my faith about, what is God about, what is Jesus about, just I would encourage you, remember these things. God is at the beginning. God is at the end. And in the middle is Jesus. That's life. That's the world. That's creation. That's everything. That's the universe. The universe was created by God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Life, history, time is going somewhere, and it's Jesus that is going to come back and rescue the whole of creation from the presence of sin. I like this. I heard it recently that on the cross, Jesus dealt with the penalty of sin. And in the age that we're in, between this middle and the end, something is going on. The kingdom of God is establishing, and it comes through the Holy Spirit moving in the lives of people, coming to faith in Jesus Christ and believing this and receiving His Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is being established until it is fulfilled when Jesus comes back. And through that, through the kingdom of God coming in your lives and in our lives, the power of sin is being diminished and uh, dealt with through our lives. So the penalty of sin, which is death, was dealt with. The power of sin is being uh, overcome through right now in this period between now and Jesus. And ultimately, when Jesus comes back, the presence of sin will forever be banished. And that's how we can believe and hope that there will be no more tears, no more deterioration, no more death, no more sickness, no more coronavirus. It is just a small thing in the scheme of things that the Bible describes. Isn't that amazing? This is the gospel. This is the good news that what God started, he will finish. And we are going somewhere and we can have complete assurance that God is in control. I heard Joseph Prince yesterday saying, God is never on the catch-up. Oh my gosh, coronavirus, what are we going to do? God is not surprised, but the devil is. He's always trying to play catch-up. He's always trying to just deal with it and stop what God is doing, stop the move of God. Satan, when Jesus was on earth, had a fight. He did. Matthew 4 records when Satan picks a fight with Jesus. And do you know what he does if you read it? He casts doubt and says, believe the wrong thing and do the wrong thing. Jesus, here's the truth. You know how he, what he used to try and confuse Jesus? He used the Bible. He used Scripture. He quoted Scripture at Jesus and said, look, do that. But he just twisted it a little bit. That's what's happening to you and me right now, all the time. Satan is constantly on that same... He, he, Jesus dealt with him. Gave him short thrift. So he picks on his kids, and he makes you try and believe the wrong thing, and he makes you try and do the wrong thing. 
Because if he can't stop you believing the right thing, he's going to make blooming sure you don't do anything useful with it. That's the battle we're in right now, and we are fighting for faith. That is why believing the right thing and doing the right thing is so important because it absolutely destroys the works of the enemy, absolutely overcomes the works of Satan in our lives and in this world right now. Faith is incredible. And if we can begin to get hold of that truth, and what I've given you is uh, 20, just 20 of the 500 or so scriptures about what faith can do. And I just, just take a minute, actually. I'll give you that slide. Thank you. Oh, it's going to really go now. What speaks to you? One of two or three. Pick three of these scriptures. Take them home, try and find them. I use the NIV translation. Do a search. If you don't have Bible on your phone, get the Bible app. Do a search, put in faith. You'll get 500 odd responses. Just try and find these. They're there. They're in scripture. Your faith has saved you. Take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The end result of our faith is the salvation of our souls. So by faith, we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. By faith, the sick person will be made well. By faith, we inherit the promises. Faith is incredible. What, what, what do you need right now? What is the move of God that you want right now? What, what is it that you're fighting? What are you facing? What challenge are you on? What faith promise do you need by faith to take hold of? Pick two or three. Pick two or three. God is going to minister now. Faith is growing right now. As you believe the truth, you see, the Bible says faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. If you want your faith to grow, get this promise. Find a promise. And then start to do something. Believe it. Believe it. Believe the right thing and then start to do the right thing. It says that even Satan believes as a God. So our, my great, oh, I believe in God now, which was massive for me. Actually, even the, even, even the bad guys believe in God, so oh, well done, Al. <laughs> even Satan believes. So your, belie- your faith and belief that God exists is just the start. We start to need to believe that God is not just in existence, but he is moving, and that he is good, and that he is loving, and that he cares for you, and that he has provided, and that he is coming back, and Jesus has come. So our faith needs to go somewhere. So just believing something isn't the fullness of the faith that we're talking about. 
It is believing the right thing, and it is doing the right thing. Loyalty and belief are enshrined within the Hebrew for faith. The original word just wasn't just talking about what you believe. It's also something about what you do, and it doesn't quite necessarily see it, although maybe it's clear that, and we have seen people, and we know faith that it's just about what you believe. You have talking shops, and you do nothing, and it means nothing, and it's called hypocrisy, and the world hates it, and it points it out every time. If they catch us saying something different from what we do, we're in trouble, and our faith is in trouble, and our reputation is in trouble. Interestingly, where the world trips up is what they expect us to do is be really goody two-shoes and Bible bash and I, I remember one guy when I um, was with Isaac playing football, he was playing football, we were out and they had a raffle, a tombola, raising money and I, somebody said, Did you're a Christian, are you, are you gambling? Didn't expect that. I thought, oh gosh, neither did I. I might have I sinned. So, the, the, you know, sometimes the world perceives us wrong is that, you know, Actually, I should have been giving the most into that. I should be the most generous one. The Christians should be the most generous one. And it's great uh, hearing the, the support and the giving that we do because that, that, that's what should characterize us. Not our religion, but our goodness and our kindness. Here it is. Um, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The weird thing, looking back at my moment of salvation, is I needed faith to receive God. I didn't become a Christian and then get faith. I took a step of faith, anxiously, nervously, and in my mind at the time I was thinking, I'm going to believe that the Bible's true, and I'm going to believe that there is a God, and I'm going to start reading the Bible, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to call myself a Christian to my friends. These were the things, that was my step of faith. And I thought, if nothing happens within a week, I'm going to give up on that because it was obviously just a waste of time. 35 years later, I found that that truth has transformed my life. That faith, that mustard seed of faith, that tiny, tiny, tiny step of faith has transformed everything in my life. And it's just something... I want to recommend to you. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God good, even the demons believe that. Believe the right thing, do the right thing. Believe the right thing, do the right thing. The enemy is making sure you do neither of those. So we need to grow our faith, strengthen our faith. And um, just going to get the band back up now. I've got a couple of more slides, but just get ready. Get ready. So what, 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 anybody picked a favorite scripture? Just give me your hand if one of those you've looked at and you think, yeah, I need, I need something speaking to me there. Thanks, Pam. Brilliant. Thank you. God wants to speak to you right now. God wants to give you a promise 
that he wants to unlock for you. you faith of a mustard seed is literally saying, look, you need almost nothing. You need the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you need faith. If you want to read the Bible, you need faith. If you want to pray, you need faith. If you want God's presence in your life, you need faith. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, if you want to be... A good husband, do you know what you need? <laughs> Any ideas? You need faith. You need faith to see your wife as the girl of your dreams. Faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you don't see. It's not that she's changed since day one. Your eyes have changed since day one. You need to put on faith. And if you start to look at and deal with your wife by faith, do you know what? Do you know what? She's going to start to look like the girl of your dreams once again because you're looking by faith, not by flesh. And that's just one example of how faith works. Feelings follow faith, not the other way around. I did not get saved because I felt like it. I got saved because somehow faith came into my life. And it is the gift of God. Faith is the gift of God. You cannot work it up. You cannot do it. But once you've got it, you can strengthen it and you can use it and you can make it grow. That's exciting. That's exciting for me. That's exciting for you. That's exciting that in the move of God, you're going to start to see breakthrough when you start to apply faith in your finances, when you start to apply faith in your giving, faith in your workplace, faith in, in your parenting, faith in your business, faith. What, Hebrews 11 is all about faith in action. It's a whole chapter just about a summary of the whole Old Testament talking about Noah, who by faith... Abraham, the father of our faith, believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Read Hebrews 11 this week. Find, if you've not found a scripture in the ones I've suggested to you, find one there. Faith is action. By faith, Moses took Israel through the Red Sea. By faith, by faith, Joseph. By faith, Joshua defeated the walls of Jericho. By faith, by faith, we overcome the battles that you, we are facing right now in our real lives of, of, of boredom, of challenge, of tediousness, of sickness, of doubt, of fear, of worry. And in this coming season, when the world is going to change, we're going to be maybe more isolated, we're going to be more challenged. I am encouraging you that the antidote to the virus the disease element of it particularly, is faith. And we need to shine out in faith to the world to say, look, I don't know much, and I don't know, uh, you know really how this is going to end, but I do know one thing. God is in control. God started this and he's going to finish it. God has done something through Jesus Christ, and he's coming back. And he is in control. He is not playing catch-up. He is way ahead of the game. And he is going to make goodness come out of this situation. He is going to bring goodness come out of this challenge to the world. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Faith is so good. Faith is so powerful. And let's, um, you know, are you ready to worship? Let's stand. Let's stand together.
Let's stand together. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, after Hebrews 11, therefore, since we are sounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is, guess what, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down in the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, and faith will come. 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 And I just, um, before, we're going to worship. One minute. Saving faith. If, and you are welcome, by the way, if you have no faith, and if you're from another faith, you are welcome here. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. And if you're not yet at the position of saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to believe what I've laid out, you're welcome. We want you to belong. And then as we talk and share and you investigate, you see, we hope we can encourage you to take that step of faith to believe one day. And then as you believe, you'll find you'll be able to behave. So saving faith is the beginning. And if you want to have saving faith, Romans 10.8 makes it clear what it is. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the power, from the penalty of death. You will have that hope of eternity and eternal life for it is with your heart you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I would ask you if you're ready to make that decision, take that away, have a chat with Alco at the back on the way out or Jill there and just say, listen, I, I, I'm ready. I want to take a step of faith. So just do that. And George, are we ready to worship? Sorry for keeping you back. Come on. For the rest of us, living faith is what we're about. Living faith. Fix our eyes on Jesus. We're going to see the power of God move. Come on. Come on. Let's worship. Let's worship. Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to see God move now? Are you ready for faith to come right now? You want faith? Just ask. Just ask God. He gives it. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want to just dedicate this word to Henry Upton. Just want to say thank you to the family being with us this morning and this scripture in 1 Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. This is the third thing of our faith that Henry chastised me and challenged me, said we don't talk about this enough in church. The hope that Jesus is returning. And it says, it goes on, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. 
according to the Lord's word. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Thank you, Lord, and we pray a blessing on, on, on Henry's family, on Margaret. Oh, Father, that, that dark cloud, those challenging days, the loss, whatever you're facing and going through the practicalities, we pray God's peace on you. And we know where Henry is right now. And Henry, I hope this is acceptable to you, that we're declaring the hope of Jesus' return today in Jesus' name, that we'll give faith to the world, hope to the world, light to the world, and the cloak that Fiona described, if you felt that, if you received that, you felt, yeah, that's me, I've been under a cloak. Today, the light comes, the cloak is gone, faith is rising, light is coming, and the blessing of God be upon you and your family in the days to come, that fear and dis disease of the coronavirus particularly will not affect you. The peace of God is going to come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.